Welcome to the Africa Fireplace podcast, uh, where we gather around this campfire and learn from the stories of African founders building businesses in Africa. In studio today, we have Koi. Hello, hello. We have Ken. Hi, everybody. We have Hannah. Hello, everyone. And you have me, Kenna. Um, Welcome to Pani. We all share our love for Africa and our love for entrepreneurship, right? And the anchoring statement that just expresses who we are and what we are about is that no matter how successful you become, no matter how successful you are in the world, no one will ever respect you if your home is dysfunctional. Dysfunctional, yes. So the work that we do every day is to ensure that we make a mark towards that dysfunction. And we all, we are all Africans, or we all understand the dysfunction that, that exists within Africa. Mm. And on the flip side, we also understand the opportunity and the excitement and the energy that exists on this continent. Our tool of trade, our, the host that we are backing is entrepreneurs, because we believe that they're just at the forefront of that transformation and they just express the beauty and the potential that comes out of this continent. Um, so as we build, as we back those entrepreneurs, we build those businesses that are just stunning, the sunicorns or unicorns, however you want to, uh, to refer to them. And we believe that those stories of those unicorns matter. So welcome to our fireside, uh, our fireplace. <laughs> Today we're going to be answering the question: Is there ever the right? Is it ever the right time to jump off the lion? So this is this is a phrase that comes from our piece, jumping off the lion. And if you haven't read it yet and you're listening to this podcast, you can find it either at the cellulant.io um, blog or on our blog, which is called, drumroll, The Fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, you can find it there, and it's just, just such an incredible piece. Okay, we're biased. Obviously, we think it's incredible. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but it's a piece um, that announces uh, Ken's jumping off the lion, where he after 18 years of running and building Cellulant, decided that he was no longer going to be the CEO and rather would take a step back and give that role to someone else. Um, it's a monumental piece, a piece that we didn't think would make as many waves as it has, um, but it was also a very emotional piece to write. It came together after a lot of work. And we all, it's the first piece we all wrote together here at, uh, at Pani. So in many ways, it anchors the things we believe, it anchors how we even work together, and the mission that we've all co-created. So we're going to delve into that piece uh, just by asking a few questions, talking about how we feel about it one year later, right? So before everyone thinks my studio audience has died, can all of you just say that you're alive? You're here, you're listening? Yes, we are together, Kenna. Okay, so we're jumping into jumping off the lion. Drum roll. Woohoo. 
Okay. So this is the the intro piece reads. I'm trying to open the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, you could. I don't think you can get away with saying that. <laughs> so this is so so here's the context, right? Um for everyone who 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 and, and with time you'll be able to tell the different personalities in the room. Uh Koi is a more emotive, flowery human being who she likes uh, nice words and poetic sounding things. Ken is a more in very touch with her emotions. Exactly. That's what we call it. <laughs> when it's branded, it yeah. sounds like that. That's it. <laughs> Ken is more uh Ken, how would you describe yourself? Ken. Wow. Koi, yeah. how would you describe Ooh. Ken? <laughs> Matter of fact, very pragmatic. Um yeah, me- methodical. Methodical, very yeah. methodical. Exactly. Yes, yes. So putting together this piece, and then I wrote the piece. Hannah has the advantage of being our in-studio audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wrote the piece and was trying to 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 balance between these two voices. So you can imagine yes. uh it was quite the task. Very many iterations later, we landed at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is uh, a small excerpt of, uh, of this uh, article. And I guess it uh, captures the spirit and the mood of the time. So this is how it reads. The journey of being an entrepreneur is often compared to a man riding a lion. People look at you in awe of your bravery and loud your accomplishments. Yell while atop the lion, you're constantly thinking of how to keep riding or jump off without a lion devouring you whole. The opportunity to jump off the lion at the right time and in the right way is one of the most crucial tasks a founder, or is one of the most crucial tasks of a founder. And it is a test of a journey run well. Such a time has come for me. After 18 years of running Cellulant, I've decided that 2021 will be my last year as CEO. That was about a year ago. So um, roughly, actually, just a, 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 a bit of a year out to this mm. decision. So the article came out in Jan, but, uh, but we actually made that decision. Koi and I went away, and, and uh, I wrote my note to the board sometime in September, October. Which was mm. September. September of uh, 2020. Yeah. 2020, yes, 20, yeah. that's correct. Late 2020. So about a year and a half. It's about a year about and something ago. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just listening to it a year later, I'm glad that we're talking about it now because the emotion that the, the um, article or the piece elicited earlier, at least I feel is a lot more balanced. Mm. Um, and just, you know, to sort of talk about what was happening in the context. Um Entrepreneurship is is really riding a lion. Uh, some people say riding a tiger. And I think we saw the phrase the first time with Ken many, many years ago, and it resonated. And of course, for the African context, we said, yeah, like riding a lion. Because there's just so many things that can go wrong, so much that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So at the time, we'd come from a series of uh, hair-raising, crazy lion-riding experiences. <laughs> Uh, starting from 2016, uh, 
when uh, you know the primary banker of Cellulent had uh, suffered, and that was a big blow for the business. And then after that, there was this long, long road to fundraising. Um, at the time, fundraising was, I think, not as popular as it is now, and the ticket sizes were nowhere near as big as they are today. And eventually, the culmination of 2018 Series C closing, largest round ever. It was fantastic, very good for the headlines, but it definitely left us scarred and just, I, I just like to say tapped out, like you're totally drained because it takes so much of your emotional energy, your physical energy and a lot of resilience. Um, and then 2019 was the attack in January, uh, the Ducit attack. That year was spent for you know, being able to support Ken and Ken being able to support his teams. He had to show up as a different kind of leader. So by 2020, when COVID was hitting, we're like, come on now. Like, <laughs> when, do, when does the good stuff start? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when does the tide turn? Mm. Um, and also 2020, there was some crisis that happened in the business. And so by the time we were going away in September of 2020 and saying, are you still the leader for this business? Haven't you built the right foundation? What does it mean for the family? Because of... Um, how much it takes out from us. Is it time now for you to come back and and be a present father, be a present husband? Oh, by the way, Ken and I are related. Yeah, I was um, about to say, you should say, <laughs> oh, I don't think it's that obvious. <laughs> you should We're probably related. say. <laughs> we, are, we are related. I, I happened to be one of the first buyers of his vision and, and I was sold hook, line and sinker such that I got married to him, I got married to the vision and we also are parents of three wonderful children. So, it's really been a very interesting journey um, and I've lived the journey as part of the village I've lived the journey mm. as trying to be a support system but also it also shocks me how much I was also jumping off mm. and I guess you know it's it's perspective because I had not realized how much being the wife of the cellular CEO was part of my identity mm. until now it was time to jump off. But anyway, that is, that is the context. I don't know if I've been clear enough in terms of what was happening, painted the scene, but that is what was happening at that time. So there's a lot of moving parts. Yes, and that's mm -hmm. why writing the, the piece was so emotional. And, and Kenna, kudos to you, because you had to really sink both our views. For me, I'm like, no, 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 do not forget. He doesn't do it alone. There's a village. <laughs> we were there, we nganganad, we sacrificed, we gave up, we gave up, we gave up. And you're feeling like you've been stretched so much. Yeah. So balancing, so that whoever is an entrepreneur grows and learns and doesn't get scared of. Yeah. Um, and he also had his perspective in terms of what it takes, sweat, blood, and tears. But there were also a lot of wins. Mm. This business has educated our children. It has housed us. It has allowed us to have a good life. So it's not all bad. Yeah. So creating that balance, I think, was a really, really tricky balance. So it was I'm a sure lot. It, was, it was a stretch. <laughs> so, so Koi, you said that your... your heightened responsibility was to represent the, the village in that piece, like, so that they can be seen, appreciated. Because I also know that it's not one person's sacrifice that shows up in building this business. Yes, that's true. That's Ken, true. what truly mattered for you? I think the thing that uh, truly mattered for me in, the, in, uh, writing, in writing that piece was just striking a balance between just being real and authentic, right? Because uh, I think that's what delivers most learnings for people that read these things. 
and and then also balancing the interests of a business because at at that you know where cellulant is now there is a lot of interest there is customers there is staff members there is investors and so on and uh, having built the business and run the business for a long time exiting a business in africa is not is mm-hmm. not commonplace yeah it's not the norm yeah so this particular event had significant meaning so you so it was basically balancing the real story and and just all of this interest and that was super tricky yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. so there are a few questions that we want to address during the podcast um i'll read an excerpt that says we learn that growth is a remedy we leave out the fact that while atop the lion there's no map or manual it's the thrill you cannot live without yet the one that scares you the most what is the dream you chased while building cellulant can Yeah, the dream, the cellular dream was actually a very simple one. Um, and it basically brought a lot of my, the things that I care about the most. One's uh, as a young African living on this continent. Um, and I think cellular represented the opportunity for, for us, my, fa- my, my co-founder, and a lot of the early team that joined the business to build something that, something so great that Africa would be proud of. And, and, and we had uh, a vision to make it so big because in its bigness and its, in its scale, it basically validated all of the things that, that we stood for. One basically is a sort of young Africans building a world-class business in Africa, despite all of the odds. Um, and then it didn't really matter where we came from. We all came from very humble backgrounds. Uh, so it didn't matter where we came from. We could actually st- still immerse ourselves and build it. Um, that we could build it in the right way. We could build it uh, with values, um, without corruption and so on, as a pillar of a business, without a lot of political patronage and so on. We could go out to the market, find a problem that was big enough and solve it. We could uh, build a resilient business that would, would be able to outlast us in terms of an institution. Right? And, we, and, and this then reflected all of the things that you would hope to see in Africa. So we thought that we'd make a contribution to this great continent by, by doing our part and, and even building that thing. So the people that were there would say, wow, I was there. We saw it happen. It is possible, right? Mm. And this is what it takes to make it happen. That was fundamentally the Cellulant uh, dream. 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 That's what it is, right? I mean, Cellulant is still thriving. So yeah. that's it. That was the foundation. In working with founders, one of the things we have defined as crucial to our selection process is the desire to defy to defy gravity. What is the most important for your dream to scale you, or the beast to become a lion? Why is that crucial for founders to have? Crucial for entrepreneurs to have that thing. Yeah. uh, Look, I think so. Entrepreneurship, I think, everywhere else and everywhere in the world is not uh, for the faint of heart. In Africa specifically, it's just that much more difficult, right? The, everything is young. The ecosystem is young. The infrastructure is young. The laws are not, are sort of still in their infant stages. Uh, the talent pool is sort of building in the infant stages. The capital structure, everything is basically nascent. So the type of entrepreneurs that you have in Africa need to be that much more resilient and that much more better to be able to survive. Mm. 
and, and I reckon that if then they are going to be that, that kind of people, then, then they just must seize the opportunity that Africa represents. And uh, for every big problem, Africa is such a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to undertake this journey, and it's such a tough one, and you're going to be that quality of person, why would you want to do something small? Yeah. Who does it mm-hmm. serve? Like, mm. what? yeah. Mm. I want to say something on behalf of the village. You know, the village is also a buyer of vision. Mm. Um, it took me a whole year to say to have, uh, yes to having coffee with Ken. Because I was like, oh my God, he's going to just be another boring, geeky guy and I'm just not <laughs> going to enjoy the coffee. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that sentiment aged well. Many years later. Uh, here we are. That's why I'm not going to comment. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's nothing to comment. We can see who won from that <laughs> whole perspective that I had. Hmm. But the day that he actually managed to pin me down for coffee, I was just so wowed by the potential to dream, just how expansive it was in terms of what he thought was possible. Um, at, uh, don't forget I was his banker, so I knew that he had nothing in his bank account. But just that ability to dream, that defying gravity, yeah. made me think like, wow, like if this actually does happen, this vision is big enough that I can back it. Mm-hmm. You know, the vision needs to be bigger than the person so that all of us find space mm-hmm. in terms of what we are building. Mm-hmm. So for any entrepreneur who's selling, you're saying, oh, my parents don't believe what I'm saying. Oh, my kids, my wife, they're not supporting or my husband Mm. or, you know, my peers. The dream needs to give all of us space. The vision needs to be big enough that it allows you to say we defied gravity together. So whether it's, it's talked about or whatever it is. All of us feel that we played a part. We can claim a piece of that vision because it was truly a gravity-defying de- gravity sort of vision mm. and mission. Mm. So, yeah, that, that definitely makes a big difference. Make it big enough so that all of us find we have our space. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Hey, those are dreams. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it needs to be big enough. Everyone in your village finds space in it. Mm-hmm. And because at that point of, of when you just have the idea, it's all you have. You have no money. You have no equity even to share it. As, I mean, equity means nothing at that point. Mm-hmm. You, all you have is the dream. It's a thing you must sell better than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that, that quality, we're calling it defying gravity. It's a very delicate balance because it's the thing that jolts them to start and to run the business and to have that, you know, to have the, their blinders up and just like go for it, the tenacity. But it's also the thing that can really kill the business because it, w- when you don't know how to switch into taking positive criticisms, into, and it's a thing we, we see working with entrepreneurs every day, you cannot kill that desire to defy gravity, but you also have to balance it with, okay, when are you taking on the right feedback, when are you deciding that you're going to make this work come hell or high water? Because that's, I feel like, the entrepreneur mindset. Like, when you say you're going to be an entrepreneur, they give you that mindset. Yes, <laughs> like, for sure. At the shop. For sure. <laughs> it's like almost like you don't want to hear uh, it is not possible. Yes. That, and that's... you succeed because you hear it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But also now you risk suffering serious reality distortion. Now when you're just talking in your own head, there is nothing out there that you're allowing to validate what you're going through. Exactly. And it's a a tightrope. It's a Mm tightrope. 
Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's interesting uh, as I as I listen to Kenna and Koi speak about this. What you know, define gravity. Like, where do you find the balance between defining gravity and reality? Because you know the the stuff that you need to do to put together for the dream to come together uh, happens on Earth, where mm. where the laws of physics apply. Right. <laughs> so you're not defining anything. <laughs> correct. Right. <laughs> Sorry, very uh, Yeah. Actually, so as I think about it, there's a quote I remember. Mm. It, it says, you know, you, you always try to get keep your head in the clouds, mm. uh, your heart in the business, feet on the ground, and faith in God. Like, it, it, it's basically a balance of those things. So at no time should your vision be on earth. I would just repeat that now, Paul, no, you're my husband. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, the Pinterest quotes, they're really coming out. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, you, you have to, yeah, you have to have your head in the clouds, your heart in the business, your feet on the ground and faith in God. So let's unpack those things, right? Because mm. then they help you find the balance. So your vision can never be on earth, right? If I think about the time when I started Cellulant, um, I mean, I couldn't afford to, by coffee, Koi bought all the coffees, right? Like I, my reality at that time was such that I could not afford coffee at a cafe. Mm. So if then I'm, if I'm, if I'm dreaming by the reality of the time, mm. then what would I be dreaming that, wow, I wish that I can take my girlfriend for coffee at the Norfolk, right? Mm. That's, that's the height of your dream. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> if you're not dreaming, if you're dreaming based on reality, that's what my dreams would have been. Mm. Um, but, but, but. But I wanted to build a billion dollar business like you dream on your head in the clouds. It's completely defying gravity. It's senseless. It's silly. It has no connection to reality at all. But you have such a strong sense of conviction. Uh, most people there, you usually used to say, okay, it's confusing. But when I look into your eyes, I know that you generally are serious about what you're saying. Mm. The reality doesn't quite connect. But there's no doubt in your eyes that uh, you really mean what you want to do. Yeah. It's conviction, right? Um, heart in the business. Uh, you really got to be passionate about what you're doing. You got to be passionate about the journey. You got to be passionate about the cause, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, committed to building this continent. This was not a business to make money. It was just like, look, we are going to prove to every naysayer that this young guys in Africa can do it, and they can do it uh, by building a business founded on values. Like you don't need to be corrupt. You don't need to any of those. You don't need a political patronage. You can come from wherever. You don't need a degree from the UK or the US or whatever it is. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever you are, mm. you can really do something exceptional. Like that's a powerful cause. Like how do you not have heart for that? Yeah. Um, feet on the ground means that, yeah, that yes, is. Uh, Oftentimes, you must make a trip to reality. And, and the reality means, okay, uh, I want to get to a billion-dollar business, but today I have zero revenues. How do I move from zero to $10,000 a month? Mm -hmm. How do I move from 10 to 100? Mm -hmm. And so on. So that's feet on the ground. How, what do customers want? What will they buy today? What are the decisions that matter today? What do we need to do today to be alive tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I, like you have to be able to zoom from head in the clouds to just feet on the ground. ground. And faith in God, look, uh, we worked incredibly hard. 
Uh, most people generally describe me as an intelligent guy, so we wow. we, we read a lot. <laughs> uh, you yeah, we read a lot, and we try to think yeah. hard about things. Mm -hmm. But look, I mean, there was a lot of God's hand in our journey. Mm. You know, things you just can't explain. They didn't make sense. They were not of our own doing. Mm. People that were, you know, people that walked into our lives at different times. They made decisions that didn't make sense, and so on and so forth. So it's sometimes not about how great we are. Yeah. Uh, and that keeps you, gives you a sense of humility that, okay, yeah, you do your bit and you work hard and you do all of the stuff. But, but there's a sense in which that you've been placed there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a sense in which it's maybe not, maybe oh, you're not yeah. that hot, <laughs> right? Like maybe you've just been placed there at that time, in, yeah. at that point in life. And for me, I think what, understanding made me it kept me really grounded as a person yeah um yeah it ke keeps you humble keeps uh, you and then you know that yeah you, you you're all great but but man you're lucky also yeah that's head in the clouds heart, heart in, the, in business, the business feet on the ground and faith in god and for me i just i just i see that as just like alignment like as a leader you're aligned you're anchored you're no, you have the right spirit that's that's gonna keep you going because you need it. You need every part of those things, as Ken is explaining. Um, but it's also that self awareness, right? To know exactly where you are in that moment. And one of my favorite lines in the piece, I get to say my favorite line, <laughs> um, is, "You are both the master and the clown. You have to wear both hats tactfully." juggling the different needs of the business at the different stages. And that level of self-awareness, to look at the business not as, man, I'm the one who keeps this business alive. Because there's a stage at which you keep the business alive, quite literally, every single day. You go back, you are putting and pouring into the business. But at some point, you have to see it as a complete product and then see yourself aside it. Right. And and understand, am I the right leader for the business at this stage? Because it changes. It's living, breathing. Uh, and so are you. What is that process like, uh, Ken? And how do you walk the tightrope of am I the right uh, leader for the business right now? That's a good question, Kenna. And, you know, I think, you know, jumping off the lion, the concept of jumping off the lion it's actually not an event, frankly. Mm. It's, a, it's a process. Uh, by the time you jump off the lion, you started letting go from a very long time ago. Mm. Um, and you started small before you started to do the big letting go things, right? Okay. Um, and so, and you only do that because then you, you know, you, as, as a leader, you, you have a, a habit of looking in the mirror. Mm. It's not easy and it's not even, it's so counterintuitive to do so. Now, what does the mirror look like? You know, when you say look at yourself in the mirror, yeah. it, it basically the, everything around you, send you sends you signals. Mm. Uh, your team sends you signals. Your customers send you signals. The numbers of the business, when you look at how the business is up moving, it sends you signals. Your sense of energy gives you signals, right? Mm. Um, and, and I think, so the, all these are, is your mirror. Um, 
So if you did a 360-degree surveys, they'll kind of tell you, your teams will tell you what works and what works, what doesn't work, right? Yeah. Um, and consistently over time, if, you're, if the numbers of the business then begin to tell you that, okay, maybe you are growing super fast at some point, you're starting to decelerate. Mm. Uh, that's a signal, right? And when you start to see those signals, it's a point for you to pause and reflect and just say, wow, okay, what kind of journey is the business now getting into in this phase, in this season? Uh, what kind of leadership does that look like? Um, and then you look at yourself and you say, can I become that kind of leader? Mm. Um, and, and, and then what do I need to change to become that kind of leader? And so if you do that, businesses do go through s significant seasons, some small seasons, some big seasons. Uh, and, and once in a while, there are situational times when the business requires a different type of leadership. And if you keep doing that, uh, then two things happen. One is you evolve as a leader, you know, to match the needs of the business at some point. Uh, and you evolve and evolve. But at one point, uh, you will come to the very difficult conclusion mm. that, you know, maybe, just maybe this next phase, uh, I will not evolve for whatever reason, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe passion, uh, the style that's needed, the skill sets that are needed, and so on and so forth. And, and at that time, everything will be super loud, <laughs> the signals will be super loud. Your teams will be super loud. Your, your village. Village will be super loud. Your board will be super loud. I think, you know, in 20, towards end of 2020, all of those signals became super loud for me. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, it is even, a, even when you're conscious and you're hearing those sounds, it is not intuitive that then, Therefore, the next thing to do is for you to jump off the lion. It's almost always, almost always a violent <laughs> exit. Exit for <laughs> around that time, off. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's 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 the thing. Actually, yeah. I have a question because Koi is our is our chief <laughs> gut officer. <laughs> she's uh, she leads with her gut, and she's very unapologetic about it. She doesn't even explain sometimes. <laughs> She just says, I don't feel it. And she says as gospel truth. She says yeah. it as like, dare you even question? <laughs> dare you question it? Yes. And she also has the, the most thought-provoking questions that make you think about your life. <laughs> so I'd ask Koi, for that entrepreneur who's going through that moment, right? Because you saw it firsthand with Ken. What question, you can either choose one or three or however many you like. I'll, I'll leave that up to you. But what question do you need to stare in the mirror with? Like, what question do you need to ask yourself over and over again to ensure that you are being current, you're listening to the business and you are the right leader for the business? Like, you're, you're, you're keeping that in mind. Am I the right business? Am I the right leader for the business at every stage? Okay. Um, so, in fact, even as Ken was speaking, I was saying that it is, I was thinking to myself, it's a huge privilege that he was actually able to jump off. Mm. Had he not built a business where there would be succession or there's someone who can take over, this becomes a far more complex issue. Yeah. So the first thing I'd say to any entrepreneur at whatever stage, whether you're starting, whether you're in the middle, is 
am I building the business that allows me to jump off first and foremost? Yeah. Because then the timing, you have the luxury of timing because you've created that luxury. Mm. Because you've built an institution where people will continue to run this business. Look at us sitting cute in, in jeans and sneakers <laughs> on a Friday recording a podcast. There is someone working on the business, running that engine day to day and making sure that it delivers the P&L for end of February. Mm. And the fact that it's not us is a privilege. So as an entrepreneur, when you start, when you're going through, are you letting go bit by bit? First, you need to sell the vision to your team members so that they buy into it and they own it in that sense. You also need to give up shareholding. You need to be open to it. But also, more importantly, what's your messaging? How are you leading? It's almost like parenting. Mm. It's a confidence I need to give my kids today so that they can be able to thrive as adults. It's not when they turn 18, I'm like, okay, cheers, bye, go to another country. And then I start complaining and saying, oh, okay, my son decided that actually he needs a young wife because he's been mothered <laughs> so much. <laughs> there are things he can do. He can't do things for himself. It's because I didn't create that sense of safety and that sense of confidence. Mm. So are you creating the safety that someone feels that I can even dream about being CEO of this business? Mm. Because it is the only way that other person in the business, it's the only way the entrepreneur will be able to jump off the lion. It is a privilege. And it is one that I do not, I do not take for granted because it really reaches a time where your business, you are stifling it. And now it needs a different kind of leader. Yeah. So that's what I'd ask. What are you building for? Are you building with the end in mind? Mm. Secondly is, are you creating the safety and the courage? And that even is, comes down to simple things like when you sit in a meeting... Are you passing the, the decisions from the top to the bottom? Or you're building up resolutions bottom up? Do people feel that they can actually tell the emperor that they're naked? <laughs> because then that's when people have the courage to come and say, the way you are running this business, maybe you need to give space to your son, to your daughter, mm. to the next CEO, for whatever you've built the business for. Um, I think those are the, really the top questions that come to mind. However, do not despair wherever you are at. I would say also pause and say, okay, now what can I do? Listen to yourself, listen to the business, take feedback, listen to your village. Yeah. And then I promise you, you will know. You will know. That it, whether it is time or not. Mm. But stay humble. Yeah. It mm. is a very, very difficult process. Mm. Uh, very difficult. It's your letting go of a child. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... It's crazy that you, through every single stage, you really need to listen, like you said, lend a, a hearing ear and know when the business needs what at what particular point. That's very, very profound. Um, another excerpt that I really like from the, from the story is that year brought with it a humbling realization that this dream was no longer about me. It couldn't have been. There were people who sacrificed the most precious thing. This was theirs as much as it was mine. Isn't that just the most profound thing? It's all about this community and all about this team that you've built and how you've, you've brought these people into this dream and that they've bought the dream. They're following the dream, you know? They're working towards a similar dream that you are. It's, it's very profound. Um, why don't you tell me about trusting your dream to other people and seeing it in third person, yet at some point it was an extension of you, Ken. <clears throat> yeah, I, 
you know, frankly speaking, I think in my case that was the easiest part. You know, sharing the dream. Um, I, I, I now realize that it's not as obvious as it was always to me. I mean, now that we spend a lot of time with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and actually, the reason why it was very easy for me, to be quite honest, also in part, you're selling the dream to yourself, right? So, so and, and how do you share the dream? You, you share the dream by fast and reservedly always repeating the dream to everybody that you meet. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to share the dream, right? Mm. Um, yeah, you, you just repeat it. That this is what we want to do. This is why we want to do it. This is why it's important. And the reason why I did that often is first and foremost to sell it to myself because every single day you're living a reality that, that is very different from your, you know, your dream, which is in the clouds. In our case, we wanted to build a billion dollar business in Africa for Africa by Africans. Um, but my day-to-day -day reality at the beginning of the business is I couldn't buy a coffee at a date. Like, so you need to repeat that to really believe it. Mm, yeah. Um, I think sharing it in terms of and allowing people into the dream and sharing equity and all of that stuff was, was more practical. I just a, a basic instinct that believed that, you know, you don't build big things alone. You know, like if you wanted to build a billion dollar business, uh, that you are not going to do it alone. Like, I mean, what do you know about building billion dollar businesses? You have no context of what that, nothing in your life has exposed you to that context. Yeah. So there was an in instinctive belief that, uh, instinctive understanding that you needed to allow other people that have, that, that have, that are bringing different skills uh, at different times to, to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And empowering them, empowering yeah. them to believe in that dream. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Empowering is not very complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a, don't buy a dog and then back yourself, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, if you, if, you, if you get to a point where you build a team, like you just must give them time to, to do the stuff mm -hmm. that they're good at, right? Yeah. Uh, like, how do, it's like simple sort of common sense, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how, how did... So, I, I, sorry, Hannah, I just wanted Go to ahead. say, you know, also, don't sell the dream the first day and then think now your work is done. Yeah. This selling the dream is a it continuous Completely. <laughs> because true. even be the way I had understood the dream, because the dream was sold to me like, I am building a billion dollar business in Africa for Africans. My friend, when the auctioneer shows up, you do not remember that dream. And you need <laughs> to be reminded. Yeah. In the context of this billion dollar business... <laughs> Where is this guy coming in? This place? is just yeah? a, a speed Or you get a bank letter. See, you have not paid your loan for three months. <laughs> Please, don't say, I sold you the dream at the beginning, so now just relax. <laughs> you should not be entitled as an entrepreneur that your village understands. Yeah. Don't be entitled to yeah. that or that they buy the dream. Yeah. At every juncture, at every time, when you get an opportunity, say, this is why this is happening. Let yeah. us remember our overriding vision. Yep. This is what we are building. <laughs> now... For example, Ken told me by the time my son is in class six, he's now in form three, by the time he's in class six, even if you want to take that child to a place where we'll be going with private jets, that is what will be happening. I promise you that is the year our bank collapsed. 
you know mm-hmm. and so he has to come back and say yes i told you this was the mission but now since we're in the middle <laughs> the only there way is, is out yeah but how are you seeing this this context today in comparison to the dream mm-hmm. never ever imagine that you are entitled to the support mm-hmm. sell the dream every time at yeah. every time yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah to your parents whoever just yeah. keep selling the dream reiterate the dream mm-hmm. to your village to your team Everything. and in some way to yourself yes, yes. because yep. yes, there's also times like we we can't sit here and imagine that entrepreneurs are are immune to that disappointment business is like it's a thing that breaks your it breaks their hearts like mm-hmm. it's like I'm sure every entrepreneur has cried tears about their business. It doesn't matter how much you are. Like, it breaks your heart over and over again. And you have to still wake up in the morning and go back and mm-hmm. give it everything. So it's also, as you're repeating the dream, to, it's like preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're also preaching to yourself. Yes. Like, yeah. This is why this matters mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So cool. I'll jump us to the next excerpt that okay. says, towards the end now, it says, if you jump off too soon... Continue with the analogy of the lion. If you jump off too soon, it loses its way. Yet if you hang on too long, it will swallow you whole. Now this is the the big question about timing. Um, Was it the right time to jump? Is there ever a right time to jump? And this one I'll ask first, Koi. Because, uh, again, chief gut officer. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is up your alley. (laughs) Wow, okay. There's a right time, there's no perfect time. I mean, okay. there are some things that, come on, that we miss from mm. the CEO's office. Um, there are some benefits, uh, starting with the salary. <laughs> 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 so if we were fixated on those things, mm. uh, would Ken have been able to jump off? I don't think so. Yeah. But when you sit and realize, I remember um, at some point in the article he said, there was a document that was done for the board. And when he read it, he knew his work was done. Mm -hmm. Because then you say, must anything, any value that I'll add myself, will it be crucial and critical to the work that's going on? If the answer is no, then your work is done. Mm. If there's something that lands at your desk that only you can do, and it affects the business and how it propels itself the following year, then maybe you need to remain behind. But yeah. if not, then your work is done. Yeah. The other thing he listened to was he listened even to our children. And yeah. I remember our daughter just telling him, Dad, it's time. So there are many voices that tell you it's the right time. Believe you me, there's a way the universe just conspires. Mm. Um, but also you need to stay humble, ready to accept that actually these guys didn't need me to put together this management deck. And it can go to the board and it can be executed. They don't need me to be able to do their strategy mm. or to execute. Now I need to get out of their way. They need a different kind of leader. For example, also, even knowing yourself, yeah. Ken knows he's a builder. The business was done with the building in terms of the base. Now it needed a runner. Mm. And that's not him in his light. And so he needed to give space for the runner to come in. Yeah. So is there a right time? Yes, but not a perfect time. Not everything will fall into place and you feel like, wow, I just jumped at the perfect time. That's what I mean. It is an extremely difficult process. It's Mm. very emotional. Don't forget the relationship you and your business have. 
you signed a covenant. The business promised Ken some things. He promised it some things. Mm. I think one of the things Ken promised the business, and I, I, I can speak for him maybe, is I will never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It was a it was a till death do us part. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And that's till why I called the business the first wife. The business was the first wife because they, they promised each other we shall never leave each other. So before, before we entered that, the chat. yes. <laughs> and you know I was there, but we were in the WhatsApp group together. Oh, we're okay. just sharing this relationship. <laughs> so I mean, the the thing is that he needed to cut that cord and say, actually, maybe we promised each other this, mm. but it's not a healthy promise. Yeah, it's time to cut. So. Is there a right time? Yes. Read the signals around you. Um, reflect a lot, but it will not be a perfect time. Mm. Not everything will have fallen into place. You know, I hear people saying, I just need to do one last thing. Once I set ready. that up. No, that, that doesn't happen. doesn't happen. Mm. So can you really, after, after thinking about your journey, the 18 years, and then how it was, that whole year of jump, because it's been a process also of jumping off. It's been a whole year of jumping off. Mm-hmm. Can you really jump off the lion without scars? Absolutely not. It's a lion. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly's like, this question that you've asked. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) It is not possible to jump off the lion without scars. And actually I'm thinking that uh, the number of scars, the the injury that you get is, is somewhat proportional to the timing. Mm. Um, so if you jump off early and violently, you are suddenly going to lose a limb and whatever, you might even lose your head. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and if you hang on for too long, that thing will devour you whole. Mm. Um, and, and so it's a timing. And, and because the timing, as Koi said, you know, <laughs> there's never the right timing. So you're always going to be a little off on the timing, mm. a little off. Um, so certainly, uh, you, you you probably lose a finger. You have probably a nasty scar across your chest or something like that. Mm. And I have those as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm very thankful. Uh, I wasn't too off on the timing. It wasn't too off. It wasn't too. I probably yeah. I probably was off by a couple of months. Mm. Uh, but um, so I've got a, a couple of scars <laughs> from that that journey. No way to avoid them. No, it <laughs> because it means so much. Yep. If it if it wasn't if it wasn't so personal, mm. and so big a deal. Yeah. I guess you would, but yeah, because it is. It's the scars you have to 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 endure and live with, and and there's no regret around the scars. It's just what it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. So with that, guys, we have come to the end of our episode. And this, this next segment is called The Nugget. Okay, so for, for nuggets, uh, today's nuggets, and there are three of them. Uh, so when you think about uh, jumping off the lion, you know, maybe three things to take away. And the first one is that um, get comfortable with looking at the mirror um, because jumping off the lion is essentially it's a sequence of evolutions for you as a leader. Uh, looking in the mirror, 
looking in the mirror is listening to your teams, your customers, the numbers of the business, your needs, your passion, and so on. Um, and that will always give you a signal about the kind of leader you need to be at different phases of the business. Um, and it will also tell you at a time when you get to the end of the road. So that's a first, that's a first, first thing to remember. Keep looking in the mirror. Keep looking in the mirror. Second is uh, to remember that it starts from the beginning. Like you set up the business to be able to jump it off, uh, to jump off the business of the lion right from the beginning. And you start by, so letting go, you start by letting go the small stuff. Mm. I mean, I've run into entrepreneurs um, who, who still have the keys to the office uh, for businesses that are sort of $20 million businesses, mm. right? I've run also in technology entrepreneurs that have the server passwords. Like it's the same thing, like it's, uh, different generations, but the same yeah. manifestation of different generations. Mm -hmm. So that's an entrepreneur that we, is not preparing to jump off the lion. It's going to be a violent jump and it's going gonna, gonna to get devoured. Mm. Uh, so you start uh, giving, giving, jumping off by letting go, letting go, signing checks, letting go of uh, decisions and so on and so forth across time. And, and if you keep practicing that, at uh, some point, then you're, you've got in sufficient practice to let go of a whole business. Um, and then the final nugget uh, is to know that when you start to see the signals that uh, it's probably time to go, you have to go back to your, the courage to really finally jump off is going to come from you going back and asking yourself fundamental questions about your why, you know, why was I doing this? What did success look like? What kind of covenants did I make with this business and with this journey? And so on. What, how much money is enough? How much wealth did I want to create? And it's by asking those questions that you finally get the courage and to leave. So those are the three nuggets for today. Thank you, Ken, for our nuggets. So I'll just go through over them again. Number one was? Keep looking keep in looking. the mirror. Uh -huh. Keep looking in the mirror. And there's start letting go of the small things. And then there's go back to your why. It will tell you when to jump. Okay. So that's our nugget for the day. And the moment that I just want to... Uh, for everyone to remember is the phrase also. All the awards today are going to Ken. The phrase Well, you're not the judge. You can't be the judge. The phrase was head in the clouds. Heart in the business. Uh-huh. Feet on the ground. Faith in God. Faith in God. Thank you guys for joining and tuning in to our to the Africa Fire Place podcast. We'll see you next week where we'll be talking about what it takes to start again. <laughs>